Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 16th of July 2022. This is Kevin and your other readers are Jane and Tom. The editor this week is Kevin too. All are members of Team 2. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. This week's headline is Berkhamsted cancer doctor who battled brain, brain tumour to run the London Marathon. Before we start the news, okay. Before we start the news, we'd like to remind you of our upcoming AGM. Please note that we've had to change the date of our AGM. It is now Saturday the 3rd of September. It's 2 o'clock till 4 o'clock as before and the venue remains the Adifield Community Centre at Queen Square Adifield. Tea and cake will be provided. We plan to hire a minibus to help people get to the event and to take them home afterwards. If you'd like to book a place in the minibus, please call 217 918. This is a great opportunity for the DTN team to meet listeners and hear what they think. It's also an opportunity for listeners to meet the team that make the weekly broadcast possible. We look forward to hearing and seeing you on the day. That's from Audrey Mackey, our secretary. Before we start the current news items, we're going to look back on a few news items from this week in previous years. Hello, this is Tom. On this day last year, construction started on the site of the new Paisley Museum as the town's transformation of its high street began. On July the 15th, 1965, close-up pictures of Mars were transmitted by TV from the Mariner 4 satellite. July the 16th, 1953, Hilary Belloc, writer of many talents, died. He had written his own epitaph, which read, When I am dead... I hope it may be said, his sins were scarlet, but his books were red. Hello, this is Jane. On this day last year, a new project was announced to record the Earth's pulse on the ocean floor by placing 50 highly sensitive measuring tools on the floor of the Atlantic Ocean. July the 17th, 1959, Jazz singer Billie Holiday was arrested on her deathbed in hospital for possession of narcotics. She died later that day. July the 13th, 1930, the first World Cup football tournament kicked off in Uruguay. On this day last year, a, a seal first spotted off the Norfolk coast more than two years previously with a plastic disc stuck round its neck was nursed back to health. July the 18th, 1936, the Spanish Civil War began with the army led by General Franco revolted against the Republican government. It lasted three years. And finally, on this day last year, most legal coronavirus restrictions were lifted in England on a day dubbed Freedom Day. Berkhamsted cancer doctor who battled brain tumour to run London Marathon. An oncologist from Berkhamsted will run the London Marathon this year to raise vital funds for charity after she and her friend were both treated for brain tumours. Carrie Corner, who was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumour in 2016, will take on the London Marathon in October with her husband, Tony, and friends, Paul Merrington, Dom Trainer, and Carolyn Bain. While working at a cancer clinic in Stevenage, Carrie became lightheaded 
and her arm was numb. She had an MRI, her tumour was found and her treatment soon began. The mother of three is currently taking experimental drugs to stop her tumour from growing and is feeling ready to take on the challenge. She said, I feel really good, which is why I thought I'd have a go uh, at the marathon, which is a bit of an undertaking. Carrie added, I've got a lot of family members that are a bit worried about me doing it, but I've been quite sensible and started running just a little bit in January and then just built it up, really. Carrie's friend... Helen Merrington was diagnosed with a brain tumour last year and the marathon is a way for Carrie to raise awareness and funds for research to stop more families from being affected by brain cancer. She said it's not only to raise money for the National Brain Appeal because that's the only way they make breakthroughs in anything. I was a consultant oncologist, so I know how it works, and I know that you need money in order to run trials. Thanks to the generous people of Berkhamsted, Carrie has raised over £52,000 for charities by taking on other challenges, like walking up Snowdon. £20,000 raised from her mountain walk funded a scientist to work at a brain tumour research lab at the University College of London Hospitals for eight months but Carrie doesn't have a target in mind for raising money this time round. Her driving force is raising funds to make advances in research as the brain tumour statistics are so morbid. Carrie explained, All I ever get is reading about families who have lost a loved one and they are all fundraising. I'm still here and feel like I'm well enough to try and help myself as well as other people. To train for her 26.2 mile route, Carrie and Tony, a consultant orthopaedic surgeon, have been running around Little Gaddiston together. She has thanked her husband for support for the last six years through her journey with cancer. Carrie said, he's an amazing man who has been an absolute rock for me and my family. Okay. When asked why she's pushing herself to run the marathon, Carrie said, when I was diagnosed in 2016, my consultants prescribed my radiotherapy and my chemotherapy. I would not have got the same treatment if I'd been diagnosed 50 years earlier. Okay. Boris Johnson has said he's delighted that there will be a new hospital scheme for the area after being quizzed by Hemel Hempstead's MP at Prime Minister's Question Time on Wednesday. He said, I'm told that the local hospital trust have considered a full range of options and that they are considered that the new hospital builds in Watford General alongside further investment in Hemel and St Albans represents the best option for health services in the area. The Prime Minister was asked by Mike Pennin in Parliament if he would intervene to make sure that the, the Trust will commission the construction of a new hospital in West Hertfordshire. He also added that he felt that the Trust had misled the Prime Minister. Boris Johnson was grilled by MPs and the leader of the Labour Party, Keir Starmer, during this week's rowdy Prime Minister's questions, during which two Parliament members were escorted out. Sir Mike Penning thanked Mr Johnson for his work on Brexit and his role in the vaccine rollout, which he, say, which he said saved so many lives in Hemel Hempstead. The MP for Hemel Hempstead explained that the West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospital's NHS Trust had not considered all options. He went on to ask the Prime Minister to leave a note in the drawer of number 10 
for the next Conservative Party leader, saying that Penning needs a new hospital on a Greenfield site. Mr Johnson assured Sir Mike he would get a meeting with the relevant ministers. At the end of the Prime Minister's questions, Sir Mike made a point of order to set on formal record that he believed the PM has been misled by the Trust when he had been told that the Trust had considered all options. Injured veterans visit the Centurion Club in Hemel Hempstead as part of their 1,453-kilometre journey for charity. A group of injured, injured Army veterans who travelled across the country over the course of two weeks for charity stopped off at a Hemel Hempstead Golf Club. On Course Foundation, a charity which supports wounded, injured and sick veterans through golf, organised the event which started in Sandwich and finished at the home of golf in St Andrews. The group has walked, run, cycled, swam and canoed its way to 65 courses in England and Scotland, including the Centurion Club. The nationwide relay challenge was organised after the foundation was prevented from holding its 10th anniversary celebrations and fundraisers in the 2020 by the COVID-19 pandemic. At the end of June, David Lloyd, Brendan Murray and Kev Hall cycled 52 kilometres via Royal Blackheath, Canary Wharf, the Shire and the Centurion Club, Hemel Hempstead, before handing over their pin flag to Dell Sullivan for the next leg of the relay. The group travelled through the Midlands, stopping off in Warwickshire to Liverpool and Blackpool before cycling all the way up to Scotland. The team of veterans arrived in St Andrews the day before the start of the 150th Open Championships. In total, 56 beneficiaries took part in the two-week challenges, stopping to play some golf at each course. So far, the cyclists and walkers have raised nearly £17,800. School celebrates Bali Teacher's Life. Talented students at Tring Park School pay tribute to their late ballet teacher, Eva Pettinger, MBE, with a performance of A Moonlit Evening, the last piece she had commissioned the school to create. The piece was choreo chore choreographed by Ruth Brill, who had been taught by Eve for many years and featured the next generation of great artists currently training at the school. Eve, who was one of the first pupils of the former arts education school, had taught at the school for over 50 years and was a professional dancer with London Festival Ballet, now the English National Ballet. She was awarded an MBE in 2007 for her services to classic ballet. The ballet dancers of the piece were a mixture of male and female students ranging from 11 to 19 years old. The event, which took place on July the 2nd, was filled with attendees including the current dance faculty, ex-members of staff and many alumni from the school. Eve died at the age of 92 in July last year. Lorraine Jones, who is the director of the dance course at Tring Park School, said that the school was like Eva's family. Lorraine said she personally helped to fund many students' dance training and this is set to continue through her legacy and generosity towards the school ensuring Eva's memory will live on through the fabric of Tring Park. She added, we set out to celebrate Eve's life 
with the only way we know how, by creating a piece to highlight her musicality and love of dance. It is something we will always treasure. Charity Rider visits 11 pubs in 12 hours. A cyclist who is riding 2,000 miles in memory of his late sister stopped at 11 pubs during his final training day yesterday, Tuesday. Luke Glynn, who grew up in Hemel Hempstead, will ride about 100 miles a day for a stillbirth charity, finishing in the town on what would have been his sister's 20th birthday. He said, I really wanted to do something in Pop Poppy's memory, and Sands, that's the stillborn and neonatal death charity, is very close to my family after the incredible support we received in 2002. The 23-year-old added, she would have been 20 this year had she lived, so 2,000 miles in 20 days seemed a fitting target for the sister I had so very briefly. He will cycle with his friends, Liam Blundell and Ollie Bagley, from, from Land's End to John O'Groats and then back to Hemel Hempstead. Luke, who works as a trainee assistant manager at the Grand Junction in Buckingham, cycled 90 miles from the pub to 10 of Oakman's other establishments in the space of 12 hours. He has also thanked the team at the Oakman Group for their support and encouragement. Luke said, The bosses at Oakman have been brilliant, from the support of my team to spreading the word to the businesses and raising awareness through social media and internal communication platforms but also through helping me organise a day challenge to visit as many sites as possible in one day. Rescued farm animals need homes. The RSPCA is appealing for decorum residents to adopt goats, pigs and chickens who are in need of homes. Pe Pepper Pig has been with the charity at the Southridge Animal Centre since she was a piglet and is now seven years old. Penelope, who also has, has only got one ear due to being bullied in her previous home, is to be rehomed with Pepper to ensure that she, is, she has companionship for the rest of her life. The pigs would need a large enclosure with a pig hut for their comfort. Gary and Gertie, two boa goats, are looking for a home together. The couple are said to be very playful, friendly and gentle. Goats need plenty of space to live in and explore as they are natural foragers. They thrive the best with trees and bushes. The pair are inquisitive and love to climb and investigate, so will need an enclosure with fencing so they could look over. Gary and Gertie would like a dry, comfortable goat hut to shelter and an area to stand and climb on. Their feet will need to be regularly trimmed and their vaccinations and worming treatment kept up to date. To keep goats, any premises must be registered and the owner will need to be in possession of a CPH holding number. Three Malay chickens, Blanche, Hilda and Edwin, are looking for homes. The trio are all young and have recently been introduced to each other. The Malay are a larger breed of chicken which are quite active and need a spacious enclosure as they do, they do not do well with confinement. Despite not being good flyers, they are active, so would need a secure space to be free range. 
The three chickens could be introduced to an established group of hens, but the Malay cockerels cannot be with other males. The trio are friendly, however. The breed is bold and can be aloof and wary at times. They are not usually affectionate, but they are tolerant when handled. If you think you can give any of these animals a loving home, contact the RSPCA Southridge Animal Centre in Potter's Bar via southridge at rspca.org.uk. Race and religious hate crimes rise. Hertfordshire Constabulary recorded a rise in racially and religiously aggravated offences in 2021. New analysis shows. Last year, racially motivated crime was put in the spotlight as three of England's footballers faced racist abuse after missing penalties during the European Championship final, resulting in the team being knocked out of the tournament. New figures suggest this may have contributed to a spike in racially aggravated offences, as dozens of police forces reported record numbers of hate crimes due to race or religion in the same year. Analysis of Home Office data by the PA News Agency shows that there were 929 racially or religiously aggravated offences recorded in Hertfordshire in 2021, a rise of 3% from the 899 the year before. Out of the 44 police forces across England and Wales, 39 saw an increase and 34 saw an all-time high for racially and religiously aggravated crimes. Assault, harassment and criminal damage are among the offences recorded. Diana Fawcett, Chief Executive at Victim Support, said, We consistently see spikes in hate crime linked to world events. For example, following the Euros finals last summer, so this could be one reason for the rise, she said. This trend is seriously concerning. No person or community should be targeted because of who they are. There were 76,884 racially or religiously aggravated offences across England and Wales last year, the highest number ever reported, and more than double the 30,798 recorded in 2013. The Equality and Human Rights Commission, an independent government body, said that there could be numerous reasons for the increase, including better recording practices, but warned many offences are still going unreported. A spokesperson for the Commission said, We know that victims of hate crime may not report incidents if, for example, they have low trust in police and criminal justice agencies. More still needs to be done to improve the process and the quality of support for victims. This includes effective hate crime training for police forces and re reform to ensure our hate crime laws are clear and easy to understand. Just five forces across the country saw a fall in racially or religiously motivated crimes last year. The, police, the National Police Chiefs Council, which represents police chief officers, said all forms of hate crimes are completely unacceptable. NPCC Lead for Hate Crime, Deputy Chief Constable Mark Hamilton said, 
Everyone has the right to live their lives without fear of being attacked for who they are, either physically or verbally. We strongly encourage anyone who thinks they may have experienced any hate crime to report it to the police. We ask that victims come to us as soon as possible after an offence has been committed so we can begin our investigation as early as possible. Okay, in the healthy section this week, there's an article about the dangers of too much salt. This was submitted by the British Heart Foundation. Fond of salty snacks? Always sprinkling salt on your dinner? You could be consuming too much sodium, the mineral found in salt, and experts are worried about the impact it's having on our health. The British Heart Foundation is calling for urgent action, saying people are consuming far higher levels of salt than they realise. The charity believes introducing a levy to curb the salt content in food could potentially save lives. Excess sodium intake is extremely common across the world, agrees Dr Jay Shah, the Chief Medical Officer at, at Actia, who makes 24-7 wearable blood pressure monitors. The average intake of sodium is about double the recommended amount. It's true we need, to, we need some salt, but according to the NHS, adults should consume no more than 6 grams of salt per day, 2.4 grams of sodium, which is about one teaspoon. Part of the problem, though, is that many foods we buy already contain lots of hidden salt, particularly processed foods like bread, sauces, soups, cereals, and bacon and ham. So what is excess salt really doing to our bodies? The first one is water retention. Ever feel puffy or bloated after salty meals, these things are often linked with water retention and salt can be a factor here as sodium plays an important role in how we regulate fluid levels in our body. James honours dad in Three Peaks Climb. James completed the 28-hour trek for a charity last weekend. James Woodmore, 18, embarked on the National Three Peaks Challenge on Friday, July the 1st, alongside a team of friends, family, and Sarade, S-A-R-A-I-D, volunteers, to honour his dad, Simon. Sarade, which sends emergency disaster response volunteers to disasters worldwide, was a big part of James's life, as Simon was a medical manager for the charity. In September 2020, while helping people during the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic, Simon, a paramedic, died unexpectedly. The teenager wanted to keep the memory of his dad alive and decided to take on a year of challenges. This ended with his gruelling climb up Ben Nevis, Scarfell Pike and Snowdon, something that James and Simon had wanted to do together. James said... I wanted to do something in memory of Dad. He was deployed with Sarade a few times and went out to Nepal during that earthquake. He added, The coat I was actually wearing on the Three Peaks was the one he went into Nepal with. James has learnt to cope with his Dad's death and has advice for anyone in a similar position. He said, I would say that if you're in this situation, let yourself feel things. The 18-year-old added, 
It's going to feel awful for a few days whilst you're just letting it all out. I found that talking about my dad really helped me get through it and let myself feel the emotions. James, who has recently completed his A-levels, is £500 away from his £5,000 target. To, to prepare for the tough 28-hour track, James fitted in gym sessions and walks around his studying schedule. On July the 1st, a group of family and friends came to walk with James up Ben Nevis. He was joined by Saraid volunteers who supported him along the way. Michelle, James's mother, said, I must admit I felt emotional seeing at the beginning and then seeing the number of people that turned up to do it with James. The support has just been phenomenal from everybody that came and through messages. In 28 hours, James and his group battled through the rain to get up the mountains. He said, the hardest part wasn't even the mountains. It was getting off the minibus at the bottom of the mountain, but you, dragged up your, but you get dragged up by your whole team. James added, as much as it is definitely a physical challenge, the only reason it becomes one of the hardest challenges to do is the mental challenge behind it. Despite just finishing his year of difficult challenges, James is determined to start an annual event. He said every year around the anniversary of Dad's death, we would have a challenge. We will bring, be bringing family and friends together to do a walk somewhere beautiful in the country because he loved hiking. Following in his dad's footsteps, James plans to join Saraid. Hopefully, I get deployed to help people across the world because I've grown up in a house where everyone wants to help people. St Peter's Church Rebuilding Clay. Volunteers, local artists and churchgoers came together to reconstruct St Peter's Church out of 100 kilograms of clay. Berkhamsted Art Society worked with Open Door Community Art Space and the Decorum and Chiltern Potters Guild to create the piece. Over several days, people used a framework of cardboard donated by local packaging company Neil Bross Packaging to recreate the church. Pictures of the church were on hand once the basic shape of the church was created. Volunteers added the finer details of the windows, doors, roof and the clocks on the tower. There were some additions like birds, dogs, cats, a guinea pig and a model of the current rector, Father Stewart. Local children were involved in making special windows for the clay model. The church model was completed on Saturday July the 2nd and was ready for the congregation to appreciate the following day. Ian Jones, Berkhamsted Art Society treasurer and local potter, said that the project was a community event to remember. Ian said, We feel proud and privileged to have been invited to participate in the 800th year celebrations of St Peter's Church and to be involved in such a major milestone at the church. He added, It feels extra special because we have been able to involve the residents of Berkhamsted a place whose people have had St Peter's Church in their lives since 1222. For more on Berkhamsted Art Society and their events, see berkhamsteadartsociety.co.uk. And now we have the obituary section. This week we've got uh, five. Um, first one is Brian Cheshire. Uh, 
and he in, any inquiries should go to Malcolm Jones and Metcalf on telephone number 864-548. Kathleen Muriel Coleman, again inquiries to Malcolm Jones and Metcalf on 864-548. And the, the following three, all inquiries to Jay Worley on 253-465. That's Bridget Catherine, known as Bridie Coleman. Robert George, known as Rob Dennis and Ellen Rose Whitmarsh. May they all rest in peace. Now we're going to move on to some more public notices and the what's on section. Highway closures to avoid this week. The Coram's motorists will have seven road closures to avoid nearby on the National Highways Network this week. The latest expected works list shows that seven closures are due to start this week. M25 from 10pm July the 11th to 5.30am on July 15th. Moderate delays, 10 to 30 minutes. M25, Junction 21 to Junction 20 anti-clockwise, exit slip road closure for bearing works. Diversion via National Highways roads. M1. From 9am to 4pm on July 13th, slight delays, under 10 minutes. M1 northbound, Junction 9 to Junction 10, hard shoulder closure due to communications works. M25, from 10pm July 18th to 5.30am July 20th, moderate delays, 10 to 30 minutes. M25, Junction 21 to Junction 20, anti-clockwise exit slip road closure for bearing works. M25, from 10 p.m. July 20th to 5.30 a.m. July 22nd, slight delays. M25 clockwise, junction 19 to junction 21, lane closure for bearing works. A414, from 9.30 a.m. July 23rd to 4 p.m. July 24th. Slight delays. A414 M1, both directions between Park Street Roundabout and M1 Junction 8 Diversion Route. A414 from 9pm July 25th to 5am on August the 6th. Slight delays. A414 westbound, Park Street Roundabout to Junction 8 lane closure due to structure. Maintenance works. M25 from 10pm July 25th to 5.30am July 27th. Moderate delays, 10 to 30 minutes. M25 anti-clockwise. Junction 21 to Junction 20 exit slip road closure for bearing works diversion. The National Highways Agency is responsible for maintaining motorways in major A roads, so smaller road closures will not be included. What's on? Family Theatre. The Gruffalo, Grove Theatre, Dunstable, July 17th and 18th. Join Mouse on a daring adventure through the deep, dark wood in Tall Story's magical, musical adaptation of the classical picture book by Julia Donaldson and Alex Scheffler. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book or for more information. Dance. 
Anton, Anton and Giovanni, Him and Me, Milton Keynes Theatre on July 17th. Showcasing their framed rapport, Strictly Come Dancing stars Anton Dubeck and Giovanni Pernice are bringing a collaboration of dance, song and light-hearted fun to Milton Keynes. Visit atgtickets.com Milton Keynes to book. Theatre, the importance of being earnest, the Roman Theatre, St Albans, until July the 17th. Theatre company OVO presents a bold, imaginative and unexpectedly jazzy version of Oscar Wilde's classic comedy within the historic grounds of the Roman Theatre in St Albans. Visit ovo.org.uk to book. Family, imagine Watford, the Parade Watford, July the 16th, noon until 8pm. Watford's annual open-air performance festival returns. Audiences can witness the high street transformed into a giant marble run adventure, make friends with a tropical island castaway and his pet lobster, be astounded by a seven-metre-high dance performance, party with bangra and brass music and more. It's a day of summer, free family fun as the town centre becomes a buzz with the unexpected magical sights and sounds of spectacular theatre, circus, dance and music. Visit imaginewatford.co.uk for details. Okay. In festivals, Pitstone Party in the Park, this Saturday, July the 16th. The free event features a whole day of live music, food, drinks and fun activities for the whole family to enjoy. Bands include Spiz Energy, Urban Theory, The Informers, Coldwater Swimmers, Palmerston, The Common People, The, the Rhythm Blues Review and Lama Canyon. The origins of Party in the Park go back to 2012 when the first event was held for the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. It gradually became an annual event attended by more than 2,000 people each year. The event is run by a voluntary committee who aim to give a great day to the local community while raising money for mental health charity Hector's House. For more information, visit pitstonepartyinthepark.uk for, for more details. And now to screens and the movies. Ad Astra 2019 on Saturday, Channel 4 at 9pm. Celebrated astronaut Major Roy McBride, Brad Pitt, hopes to further mankind's knowledge of the universe as part of a team on the International Space Antenna. A series of devastating electrical storms christened the surge resulted in more than 43,000 deaths. Scientists at Spacecom have traced the source of the surge to Neptune. Close to the last known location of Roy's father, Clifford McBride, Tommy Lee Jones, who disappeared almost 30 years ago. Roy is instructed to travel undercover to Neptune via Mars to deduce if Clifford is alive and releasing antimatter aboard his missing ship to create the electrical storms. Spider-Man No Way Home 2021 Saturday 
12.10 and 8pm. Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland, is exposed as Spider-Man and he tries, unsuccessfully, to ride out the storm. When the people he loves are penalised for associating with him, Peter entreats Master of Mystics Arts, Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, to cast a spell with ancient runes to make the world forget his secret identity. The incantation is botched and fissures in the multiverse allow five of Spider-Man's most fearsome adversaries, Green Goblin, William Defoe, Dr. Octopus, Alfred Molina, Electro, Jamie Foxx, Lizard, Reese Iffens, and Sandman, Thomas Hayden Church, to converge on his refraction of New York City. Netflix, Virgin River. It's a guarantee that more tears will be shed and plenty of laughs will be had as the romantic comedy drops its fourth season. Its predecessor ended with a twist as Jack popped the question to Mel before the revelation that Mel was pregnant and didn't know if the father was Jack or her late husband Mark. Now, as uncertainty clouds her pregnancy news, a handsome doctor arrives in town and he's looking to begin a family of his own. The Grey Man, based on Mark Greene's New York Times best-selling book series of the same name, the team behind Avengers Endgame bring the spy thriller to our screens with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans in the lead roles. Court Gentry, Gosling, is an assassin and former CIA operative trying to uncover a conspiracy who finds himself targeted by a former operative. Okay, that's the end of the What's On section. We're now returning to some news items. Gardner's show returns. The newly renamed Bovingdon Gardner's have held its first summer show since the pandemic. The event on June 25th had 160 individual entries from 31 entrants. The categories include vegetables, soft fruits, flowers, pot plants and floral arts. Show stalwart Mike Leon won the Banksian Medal, which is awarded for the most points in the vegetable, fruit and flower classes. Mike will be given the Bovingdon Horticultural Society Cup and the National Vegetable Society Medal. Steve Rickard's Roses won him the Molly Aronson Cup, while Peter Horan came out on top for the Sweet Pea Classes, retaining the Darley Ash Cup. The floral art category was won by Gretchen Chadwick. Mavis Lawrence won the Crawley Cup for preserves and cooking. Lester Mitchell was awarded for his entry for the children's exhibit. And a win for theatre groups. A charity which runs theatre groups in Hemel Hempstead has been awarded for its efforts to be inclusive. Hearts Inclusive Theatre, HIT, picked up the Diversity and Inclusion Award at the Hertfordshire Chamber of Commerce's annual Business Awards ceremony in Leavesden. It was recognised for its acceptance and inclusion of everyone. The female-led charity, which was established in 2001, uses the arts and wellbeing practices to build confidence, develop skills and give memorable experiences. HIT welcomes people of all abilities 
different socioeconomic, racial and ethnic backgrounds. Breege Leahy, CEO of Hertfordshire Chamber of Commerce said, congratulations to Hearts Inclusive Theatre for being a prime example of how accepting and diverse an organisation should be. She added, it's clear to see that the charity has a real impact on the lives of its participants and staff by using the arts to create a free and a happy space for everyone. Caroline Stevens, director of Hearts Inclusive Theatre said, Hearts Inclusive Theatre is delighted to have been recognised with the Diversity and Inclusion Award at the 2022 Inspiring Hearts Award. As we enter our 21st anniversary year, we strive to bring inclusivity through the arts to communities across Hertfordshire. Caroline added, over the past 21 years, we have been developing learning, discovering and pushing the boundaries of inclusion while celebrating the abilities of all the people we work with. This award recognises the hard work and dedication of our participants, their families, volunteers, freelancers and staff who bring inclusivity to Hertfordshire. Pets need homes. This lovely little lady is Billy. She is eight years old. She is looking for her forever home due to changes within her family. She loves to be around people and very happy to have a game with her toys and for you to join in. She is very laid back. All she is looking for is company and to be with someone who is around in the day that she can curl up with and be safe and loved. She would like to have outside access away from main roads when she has had her settling in period. Though she does like to stay close to home so you would be happy to, so would be happy to be with you in the garden and then come back in. She would be happier in an older home environment as the only pet. She is neutered, chipped and her flea stroke worm treatments are up to date as is her vaccinations. Contact 03453 or www.cats.org.uk Population has grown over past decade. <clears throat> the census takes place every 10 years with every household in the UK required to take part. The last snapshot of England and Wales was captured on March the 21st, 2021. Now the first results have been released and there's been a rise in the number of people living in decorum. On Census Day, 155,100 people were living in the area, up 7% from 144,847 on the last Census Day in 2011. This also means the population density has grown to 730 usual residents per square kilometre, up from 682 in 2011. The census is crucial for the UK's st statisticians to understand how our population is changing and plays a vital role in how our public services and government operate. It shows the balance of men and women in the area has changed. Decorum's population is now 49.1% male and 50.9% female, meaning there has, 
meaning there is now a slightly higher proportion of women in the area than 10 years ago. In 2011, people living in decorum were 49.2% male and 50.8% female. It also shows the area has seen a rise in the proportion of both young children and the elderly. A decade ago, the population was made up of 12.5% under 10s and 15.8% over 65s, but this had changed to 12.6% and 17.4% respectively by 2021. Across England and Wales, the total population grew 6.3% over the past decade from 56,075,912 in 2011 to 59,597,300 last year. This included an 8.3% increase in the east of England, where the population rose to 6,334,500 from 5,846,965. There were 24.8 million households in England and Wales on Census Day 2021, up from 23.4 million in 2011. Okay, planning application for 135 new houses. A housing company has submitted applications for its development near Kings Langley. Carla Holmes announced on July the 4th that its joint application with Angle Property has been submitted to Decorum Borough Council. The application has set out the second phase of development at Rectory Farm, northeast of Kings Langley. Outline planning permission was secured for 55 homes at Rectory Farm in 2019. This second phase now proposes a further 135 new homes, 45% of which will be affordable. The application also says that the site could have over six acres of open space and community land. Carla and Angle will work alongside local charity Sunnyside Rural Trust to develop the land into community spaces. They, they could This could include a community cafe, greenhouse, cycle hub, allotments and office buildings. There is the possibility of the relocation of the Kings Langley Community Benefit Society Community Farm. Andrew Aldridge, Land and Planning Director at Carla Homes, Chilton, said, As housing demand remains high, We are proud to be a key stakeholder in delivering much-needed homes whilst providing jobs, boosting the local economy and working alongside a local charity to build community infrastructure, improving the lives of residents. He added, this scheme will not only provide housing but will deliver many benefits to the community thanks to the extensive investment in the community hub and substantial public green spaces that the proposal offers. Shop set to close. An independent arts shop in Berkhamsted will close after nearly 50 years in business. A statement from Berkhamsted Arts and Crafts, BAC, on Lower Kings Road said, 
we have finally succumbed to what has seemed for some time to be the inevitable. It added, so sorry that we will no longer be here to help you scratch the creative itch. The shop will have a closing down sale. BAC will open from 10.30am to 3.30pm on Sundays until it closes on July 30th. Joe Kidd said, We are all so sad to be closing the doors. The family have made so many friends over the years. We have seen many school projects, wedding planning, GCSE projects, fixing all sorts of things. Those with unspent credit notes or gift vouchers are asked to spend them before July 30th. Homes proposal for site of former hotel. Plans to demolish a 16th century hotel and replace it with houses and apartments have been submitted to, to Coram Borough Council. The proposal outlines plans to replace the Bobsleigh Hotel in Bovingdon with 28 houses, ranging from two to five bedroom properties and 39 apartments. And 36% of those could be affordable housing for residents. The application from Bobsleigh Inn Limited and Villafont Bovingdon Limited was submitted to the council on June 28th. It outlines proposals for a mix of terraced, semi-detached and detached housing across the site, which currently comprises a separate swimming pool building, staff accommodation block, a series of static permanent caravans, a collection of vacant garages and sheds, and an area of open space. According to the application, the existing vacant buildings are in poor condition, having been closed since 2014, and the static caravans are essentially derelict. One resident remains in the static caravan zone, and they, with full agreement, are to be relocated, as indicated on the proposed site plan, in an upgraded static home, like for like, with individual amenity space and a parking bay. It adds, redevelopment of this site would also relieve pressure to release Greenbelt land from Bovingdon, to address previously unmet housing needs, bringing a disused and derelict site back into use. The proposed development brings back into full use and local benefit of a disused site, including much-needed local housing provision and improved visual and local amenity. In addition, the car park could be expanded to 117 spaces and a children's play area added in, as well as a new footpath with safe pedestrian crossings across the whole site frontage to Hempstead Road to provide access to Bovingdon and to public transport. Stable Lodge, which was used as staff accommodation, may be converted into a detached house, according to the plans. For more information about the application, this can be found on the Council website. A consultation on the plans will run until Tuesday, July the 26th. Hemel MP Sir Mike Penning backs Penny Mordaunt in the Conservative Party leadership race. MP for Hemel Hempstead Sir Mike Penning has announced that he is publicly supporting Penny Mordaunt as the next leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister.
Sir Mike was previously unable to publicly back any candidate due to his position as a vice chair of the Conservative Party. He has since stepped down from that position in order to back Penny's campaign. Sir Mike said that he has every confidence that she can secure the support of the Conservative Party and is the right person to lead the country. He said, I'm very pleased to back Penny for Prime Minister. She has consistently proved herself to be a strong and decisive leader. Sir Mike added, she was the first ever female Secretary of State for Defence and serves as a Royal Naval Reservist. And now to sports, which is a bit light this week in the news. I guess it's between seasons, but uh, we have a few articles. So the first one is that the Hemel Hempstead based Decorum Synchronised Swimming Club has impressed in their first appearance at the National Swim England Artistic Swimming Combo Cup 2022 competition at the London Aquatic Centre. DSSC did extremely well, coming sixth in their category, Division 1, 13 to 18 year olds, out of a total of 14 teams competing. Their team of seven swimmers scored an impressive 51.1333 points. Coach Emma Chapman said the team worked really hard on their routine, which incorporated various challenging elements. It was an amazing experience to compete at the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park pool and to gain sixth place was outstanding. The club is run by head coach Lejos Fazaki, who commented, I am immensely proud of the team going from strength to strength this year. Recently winning silver at the East Region competition in June, I had every confidence that they would do well at the national event. Now to football. Hemel Hempstead Town and Berkhamsted both played out tough friendlies in the heat on Saturday as pre-season preparations continued. Barnet just edged an entertaining first pre-season fixture in front of a decent crowd at a scorching Vauxhall Road as they beat the Tudors 2-0. A new look Hemel, who will start the new season at home to Farnborough on August 6th, gave as good as they got against their National League Premier Division opponents, especially in the first period, and was slightly unfortunate to go in a goal behind after a mistake at the back let in Nikkei Kabamba just before the interval. He pounced on a poor clearance before driving into the box and tucking the ball past Craig King. Just before Barnett had opened the scoring, Hemel's new signing, Jordan Greenwich, brought the best out of former Tudor Laurie Walker, who did superbly well to tip his effort over the bar. Two different 11s took to the field in the second half, and Barnett looked a stronger outfit in the remaining 45 minutes. They added a second goal on 68 minutes, when the ball was cleared to Efron Mason-Clark down the right, and he showed his pace before chipping to the back post, where an unmarked Jamal Lozar headed home. There was a scare for Hamill in the first half when new signing Godfrey Poku limped off, but it appeared to be a muscle strain rather than any problem with his troublesome knee, which manager Jones said is always going to happen when a player is returning to full fitness. Meanwhile, Berkhamsted, who last week confirmed the signing of former Luton Town star Jake Howells, 
notched a 2-0 win at Aylesbury Vale Dynamos. Adam Watkins netted with a neat lob to put Berkhamsted ahead before the half-time interval. Howells appeared for the second half and looked comfortable on the ball after joining in from Kings Langley. James Verney doubled Berkhamsted's lead in the second half, bringing the ball down and swivelling to shoot home. Hemel Hempstead and Berkhamsted went up against each other on Tuesday night, the 12th, after this week's Gazette took on to press. Hemel host, more, Hemel host Morpeth Town on Saturday, while Berkhamsted welcomed Cheshire United next Tuesday, the 19th. Barbers are holding a charity raffle. A barber shop in Hemel Hempstead is running a raffle for local homeless charity. Blades Barbers in Warner's End will run the raffle for DENS until July 30th, when the winners will be announced live on Facebook. The prizes include a free wash and cut, products from their Dapper Dan range, and six months of free cuts, one per month. Manager Andrew Cameron said that they wanted to create this raffle to support the community who have helped the business as it emerged from the pandemic. Andrew said, They helped us get back to our feet, so we want to give a helping hand where we can now. He added, We chose Dens because we know at this moment times are hard. We wanted to give something back to the community in both forms. Charlotte McCarthy, Relationship and Community Fundraiser at Dens, said, We're delighted that Blades Barbers have chosen to support Dens with their charity raffle. Every penny raised will help rebuild lives of the most vulnerable people in our community. Dens is a Hemel Hempstead charity that helps homeless and vulnerable people get back on their feet. It also runs a food bank that local people can use if they are struggling to put food on their table. People can get the tickets for £1 by asking the staff at the front desk of Blades Barbers at 19 Stonycroft, Warner's End, Hemel Hempstead. Okay, we're coming to the end of this week's news, but before we go, can we just remind you again about our AGM coming up on Saturday the 3rd of September. Please let Audrey know on telephone number 217 918 if you, if you are planning to attend, and particularly if you need um, any help with transport to get to and from the event. That's on Saturday, the, the 3rd of September. Okay, sunrise and sunset this week. Sunrise is at 04.59 and sunset at 21.14. That's giving us 16 hours and 15 minutes of daylight which incidentally is 13 minutes less than it was when we did our last broadcast five weeks ago. If you'd like to give us any feedback, or if you have a new story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to secretary at dtnhemel.org.uk or call and leave a message on telephone number 01442 297123. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on a Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting 
dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen to via Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be a bit tricky if Alexa offers you the wrong station, just say no and then try again. If you have Google Home, say, hey Google, talk to talking newspaper and then play decorum talking newspaper. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music, there's the immunity section that gives details of various group and contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up carefully, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from... Our readers, the editor and Andrew, our technician for this week.